1: this is everything elite the world's best podcast devoted exclusively to all elite wrestling and the elite extended universe i'm aaron bentley i am joined as always by my good friend mike spears what's up mike
0: hey y'all it's your old pal iron mike spears i'm doing all right i'm down at the compound where i found a machete today and that was pretty exciting (laughs) uh it was something that i've longtime followers of spears innovations and spears industries knows that 2019 has been the year of iron knife spears but sadly that's coming to a close but i kind of exited this year ab without having a machete which was my number one goal remember that was early ee canon where our i think her role was the director of content kara said i should get a machete and i never ended up getting one but my parents had one somehow because they live in Florida and you just find things like machetes in the lawn. So that's what I've been up to. That's how I've spent this most recent holiday. How are you, AB? I'm
1: doing all right. I'm trying to get a lot of work done in preparation for Tokyo. I had a brief due on Monday and I shit the bed and had to ask for extra time to do it. So I'm just finishing it up. Probably going to finish it in the morning. So that's exciting. But I got a lot more stuff to do. Someone else who I know, Doing a lot of work in preparation for Japan. It's Nate, a.k.a. Epidesis. What's up, Nate?
2: Yeah, man. Hi, guys. I'm fucking fried. Just too much work, you know, trying to to set up my office to do two weeks of my work here in the next day now. Uh, Very stressful. Extremely stressful. I complain a lot about traveling because you end up doing like three times the work just because you have to compound it into two periods, directly proceeding and preceding your travel and it's uh it's a big hassle but i am glad that this is such a long trip that i'll be able to like forget it and just like marinate in a long extended time without work i'm even kind of looking forward to the plane flight now because it's like i'll be fresh off having no work i will watch like four movies i'm just gonna like veg out i think i think it might be okay i might survive
1: My number one goal is to not think about work on this trip. I want to think about it as little as possible. Yeah. So we'll see. see I think I'm.
2: I think I'm gonna not check the email. Yeah. Have faith in my coworkers and colleagues to take care of shit. I did. I came out to my boss today and said that I'm going to Japan to see Japanese professional wrestling. Wow. He was like. Oh, like sumo wrestling? I was
1: like, no. Like, <laughs>
2: you silly man.
1: <laughs> no, that that seems to go over okay. I hear people say that, that like they get that reaction a lot when they say they like Japanese wrestling, but no one has ever said that to me after outing myself as a Japanese pro wrestling fan.
2: I'm guessing it's an age thing. Uh-huh. I think people uh, older than us, you know, probably would not even consider that to be a thing. Would be my guess. Whereas, you know, sumo is a, classic tradition
1: sure and like I don't wait is sumo in the Olympics or did I make that up no.
0: they were going to there was a talk about it being an exhibition event it's not going to but the big thing was okay. that the greatest of all time Hakuho wanted to make it to the Olympics because he wanted to be a torchbearer and it looked like he succeeded so like that's the part where it is and I don't know if they're gonna be doing events at sumo hall they are definitely doing events at Corkin. Corkin, of course, was like the home of Olympic boxing the last time the Olympics were in Tokyo. Mm. I'm so. very excited to see like Olympic stuff set up. Mm-hmm. I think that's
1: gonna be it's gonna be cool.
2: Yeah, I'm wondering how much there will be. Do they add skateboarding? Because I know they were talking about skateboarding. It will. It will be an event. That's dope.
0: Yeah, I think surfing is added too.
2: Ariaki Urban <laughs> Sports Park, Tokyo, Japan, July. 24th Olympic skateboarding. Got to get Darby in there.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, I'm sure you're going to, if you listen to this show and you're a patron, you're probably going to hear a lot about uh, our trip to Japan. So we will not stick on that any longer. Here's what you need to do follow us on Twitter at EverythingAEW. I'm at Aaron Like The Car. Nate is at Epitisis. Mike is at Fujiheya. Go to our Twitter account and you'll see all those. Someone was telling me they didn't, they could have never guessed how to spell Epitis. It's right there in the bio, folks. You just click on it. It's very easy. Subscribe to the podcast, please. Uh, and by the way, just because Nate and I are going to be gone, the show will continue. Iron Mike Spears is going to be here uh, with some guests, bringing you free shows the next two Thursdays without us.
0: Yeah, I'm the designated survivor. It's just like that they're having the State of the Union address. I'm the one that's going to be in my bomb-proof bunker in the deep in the heart of the Appalachian foothills. So I'll be here making sure that the Content still flows through the Voices of Wrestling podcast account, and then also our Patreon as well. But there's, it's not just gonna be me doing some Patreon stuff. There's a lot, of, a lot of cool stuff that's gonna be coming out in the month of January on Patreon.
1: Yeah, the fucked up thing is speaking of designated survivors, that Nate and I are on the same plane. So, I mean, oh no geez.
0: shit, y'all are on the same flight. <laughs> yeah, at
1: least going there. <laughs> so two thirds of the podcast could perish on this trip.
0: Th- <laughs> I, just, I was making a joke and now I feel really <laughs> self conscious about it. Somebody else on wow. this face, whatever. I
2: I,
1: uh, as long as it's quick,
2: that's fine. Whatever. <laughs> yeah,
0: <absolutely. laughs> All right. It's probably not uh, quick, though. There's probably a lot of
2: terror in the, yes. in the events proceeding. And you know yeah, how time slows clear. down, like right before you're in a car crash or something? I feel like when you're in a plane crash, probably time goes real slow.
1: Yeah. I mean, the good thing is. I'm uh, deathly terrified of flying on planes and- uh, Well, you're welcome. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm I'm already considering all these things, so it's fine. But uh, yeah, it's gonna be bad. Hey, rate and review the podcast if you're on uh, the podcast app. Here's what we're gonna talk about on this show. We're gonna do a little urine review. We're gonna do awards talk. We got a lot of awards lined up and we'll kinda tell you how that's gonna go here in a second. And we got some news bits to get to. I know the AW Revolution sold out. We'll probably talk about that. The records are resetting in January, the one loss record. So we'll talk about that. Before we get into it, I got a plug. Of course, Patreon.com/slash Everything Elite. This week was Stardom Week, baby. I did uh, Stardom Status, where I broke down what's been going on in December so far. Did a preview for the Corican Show, which already happened, but you may not have watched it yet because it's not online yet. And I did a stardom primer with Taylor Mainberg, getting you up to speed if you're new to stardom or if you are wanting to get into it. It's an exhaustive primer on what you need to know about the history of stardom and what's going on in stardom today. On Wednesday, Wrestling Small Business Tyrants with Brian Quimby talking about Gabe Sapolsky. We moved that to the $3 tier. So only three bucks will get you that episode. Next week, Nate and I are going to do a Wrestle Kingdom preview as well as other shows we're going to in Tokyo will be previewed on there. I'm sure AEW Light will return next week. And Light is now going to include rankings discussion because rankings are coming out on Wednesdays, just so you know.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a big old exhausted pregame show. Originally, it was supposed to be 10 to 15 minutes each Wednesday, but now this is going to be like a goddamn morning show. I will probably watch BT. I decided that light while y'all are gone is going to be solo Mike Spears time. So yeah, it's it. going gonna, gonna to be like morning drive time radio. So get ready for it. If you are a $3 subscriber, get ready for just a, probably a real big mess happening next Wednesday as I figure it out <laughs> as I go along, it, it will be entertaining. I could promise that at least. And I just say, if you're a patron
1: in December, you've gotten nine bonus shows, three episodes of AW light. And of course, we do the run sheet uh, for this free show each week and uh, spreadsheets. Although now that I say that, I haven't updated my TV appearances spreadsheet in a couple of weeks. So I guess I got to get on that. Sorry, patrons. I don't think anybody's paying for that. It's OK. Patreon.com slash everything elite. We've got a tier for every budget. All right. Time to get into it. I want to start. We'll do this briefly before we get into the awards, but kind of just some some overarching year in review thoughts. Nate, do you want to get us started with just kind of like your big takeaway from uh, the first year of AEW? Uh,
2: The first year of AEW is, despite all the discourse and despite all the quibbles about, you know, maybe the product doesn't exactly match up with everyone's, uh, you know, dream product for a new American Major League pro pro wrestling promotion. Uh, The wrestling business And especially the Western wrestling business, especially the American cable television wrestling business is infinitely improved as compared to this time last year when there was no AEW on television whatsoever. Um, And for that, uh, if you know, this isn't Thanksgiving, but we should be thankful that there's a pro wrestling show that you can watch on cable television on a weekday night that doesn't make you want to gouge your eyes out.
0: Yeah, I think that's a pretty salient point that. I think that we're actually coming up, and sadly, y'all be a, a way for it. Where we had our first episode of Everything Elite, and we talked about like what were our big hopes for this promotion, and it kind of was a way of us like like framing how we were, what kind of guys we were watching, wrestling, and what we were hoping from what a potential competitor to WWE would be. And for me, I feel like my one of my big hopes was having a, a north american major wrestling show where i didn't feel like my time was wasted and it was very nice to have now on we had the preseason shows of course like double or nothing fighter fest fight for the fallen and all out but dynamite has turned into one of the breeziest wrestling watches since i could remember like every wednesday i get ready at like 7 45 i plop down in front of my couch most nights and i just get to watch like a two-hour wrestling show where I don't feel like my viewership is taken for granted. And if everything, not everything has been like exclusively my cup of tea in pro wrestling, but I feel like that we've seen now that there's at least an alternative on Wednesday nights that's wrestling that's not insulting either the viewer or the viewer's time commitment that they give to the program. And I think that's been very, I think we've been very fortunate with that this year. That's been probably my biggest positive takeaway.
1: Yeah, I I did this take a little bit last week, so I won't do it at length. But it's like it, it started with Double or Nothing, which I think was just an outstanding show. One of my favorite shows of all time. And the more recent TV episodes I've been more down on. But the thing that AEW has that WWE doesn't have or NXT doesn't have is that I still give them the benefit of the doubt on that. I think they can pull this back together. Not that it's like falling apart, but I still think, as Tony said on on Twitter recently, that they can learn from what they did in 2019. Um, Obviously, anything that's brand new is going to have hiccups and starts and stops. I trust that they realize that what we see as hiccups are hiccups and that they can correct those going into 2020. I know there's going to be stuff on the show that I don't like. I mean, it's a wrestling show. There's going to be stuff that they think is good that I don't think is good, but I trust that they're going to be able to get it to... Uh, a two hour program that I enjoy watching every week. And it doesn't just feel like I have to watch it for this podcast. So it's been a fun first year. And I'm frankly, I'm a little bummed I'm going to be missing the 1 1 show. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm sure I will watch it when I get back. So, all right. Here's what we're going to do for awards. We've got several categories here. This is kind of uh, exploded from our original <laughs> thoughts on what we were going to do here. But here's the idea each of us is going to nominate one nominee for the category. Then we're going to try to form some consensus on a fourth nominee. Then what we're going to do is post a poll on our Patreon for our patrons to vote for the winner in each category. So once this is up, you can go to patreon.com slash elite. The polls will be there. If you uh, subscribe, you can be a voter. That's it. Quick point on that. It's the very end of the month. If you subscribe now, you'll be charged when you subscribe. And again, on the first of the month, we won't close voting. I'm sure we'll leave it open at least a week. So you can wait until the first of the year passes and subscribe.
0: Yeah, I think at least we'll probably have it open until y'all get back in town. I think that's a fair thing to do so we can talk okay. about it. And I know we talked about doing an award show like the where we read the results or we talk about the results on our Patreon. So. I, at the very least, this will be not just this week. It will be something going forward. So expect it to be a probably uh, – I'll probably try to get this thing up. I mean outside the show for this weekend, but it will be going up into 2020. So no, no immediate rush, and you will have reminders for our patrons. And if you're someone who wants to hop on and vote for it, it will – th- we haven't discussed what category and what tier it's going to be on for voting, but we'll figure that out and we'll make that very clear $3 tier. I think I'm pulled to doing $3 tier for this. So yeah, $3 tier. So everyone who is a patron will have the opportunity to vote for this.
2: That's right. We are leftists here. We believe you should only have to pay $3 to vote. That's uh, (laughs) a core core part of our political beliefs. Um, And we're also taking suggestions for the name of the awards. Uh, You know, I was thinking maybe the Gabies, maybe the Elites, the Tonys is already taken. The Cody's is a little funny, um, but it, just because he's already got that Y right there in the name too. Uh, but yeah, any any suggestions for the, the award names? Hit us up.
0: The Buckies after the great uh, truck stop in Texas and the Bucks. The Buckies, maybe Oh,
2: the, the Young Bucks, right?
0: Yeah, there we go. You thought I was just sure. making some Texas reference? No, I, uh, I didn't know. Two and one. one, two and one, baby, two and one. <laughs>
1: Was there already something referred to as the Elites, I think?
2: Not that I recall.
1: Okay. I don't know, For some reason, I just thought that had been done. But perhaps it just shouldn't be done, and that's why. <laughs> that, that might be the true that's answer. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's what we're going to do here. So sign up. You're hungover on New Year's Day. You're not making great decisions. Run over to patreon.com slash everything elite. Subscribe and vote, baby. Okay. We're going to start with, so for the ones that are more wrestling centric, we're going to do men's and women's awards. The rest of them are going to be gender neutral. So here we go. Men's match of the year. Nate, I'm going to start with you. Give us your your nominee for men's match of the year.
2: Oh, okay. So this is going to be interesting because it's kind of strategic in that we each have a nomination. So if you use your nomination on an obvious selection, then you're kind of uh, left out in the cold as far as trying to get a deeper choice added to the ballot here, right? Yeah, um, that's fair. So, you know, if I was playing strategically, I might pick my personal match that I would like to see on this ballot but might not otherwise make it. That match would probably be Jericho versus Darby Allen from uh, Dynamite Philly. However, I'm going to uh, play honorably and engage in good faith here I'm going to nominate the probable match best match out of this promotion for most people and that would be Cody versus Dustin Rhodes from Double or Nothing.
0: That makes things very interesting cuz I feel like that would have been AB's top choice easily for the men's portion of this category. Okay. Um All right. You're going to pick that one. I'm going to pick a match that I'm nominating myself. This was from Boston episode of dynamite it kicked off this the show and i think that when we talk about the tag team division this kind of is the golden standard of a non-gimmicked two-on-two match and i think that's the young bucks versus private party from boston dynamite on october 9th
1: great choice and also points out to me that i I went back to check my my spreadsheet for matches to add to this. And I realized that I've clearly just forgotten some because that obviously was an excellent match It should have been on there. I would have chosen Cody versus Dustin. That is a top tier match of the year for me. If Momo Watanabe did not exist, it would probably be my favorite match of the year, Uh, but she does. So it will not be, (sighs) see, this is hard because do I want to nominate another Cody match? My next favorite match is probably Chris Jericho versus Cody from full gear. But I hate to see uh, Chris Jericho versus Darby Allen left out, as Nate pointed out. So I'm going to nominate Jericho versus Darby Allen from the October 16 episode of Dynamite.
2: Something pretty that was great. We just uh, we traded basically our nominations Mm -hmm. because that was the one I really wanted. Uh, But you know, I did uh, as I mentioned last week was on the Wrestling Omakase show where I basically did AEW Awards on there as well. And Cody versus Dustin was my top pick for that, so I feel like I had to. Engage, honestly, here with our listeners and patrons and pick that one. So, yeah, now we've got to uh, come to a consensus on a fourth match. We've got some suggestions here.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, you know, we don't have any Moxley representation. We don't have any Omega representation. No page. Um, no page, no pack. Uh, all four of those people had singles matches against each other, had some other great Young Bucks matches that have been in this promotion. Any uh, Anybody want to make a case for one in particular here?
1: Well, one um, I one I didn't list, just if we're talking about people who got no representation would be the Omega pack match from all out. I think that's yeah.
0: at least one that should go on the long list. Uh, I would also say Moxley versus Omega from full gear. Probably it would not be one that I would argue for because I, that's not my kind of match, but I feel like that that's something that would at least make the short list. So I feel like if we're going to like have to keep everything with uh, some sort of integrity, we have to include that match as well, even if that's not a match that I personally would cho- choose.
2: I think, uh, so among the other ones we have here on our long list, the clubhouse leaders for me are probably that Jericho versus Cody match from full gear. Thought the, that was very compelling with Jericho busting his head open. And then the post-match angle with MJF, of course, the other match that really like blew me away in this promotion was Lucha Brothers versus Young Bucks from all out uh, the latter match that I had. Was basically dreading watching because I was over ladder matches, and then it just, like I said, blew me away. Um, I also did super like the that full gear show with Adam Page versus Pack. I think that was both of their best matches in this promotion. Uh, You know, I I wasn't super high on the first Omega versus Page Pack. I'm sorry, Omega versus Pack match or the Omega versus Moxley match. So I don't know that I would pick those. I think if I were to pick a top Moxley match, it might be that Darby Allen match from Dynamite. Um, So yeah, I'd throw my hat in the ring for Jericho versus Cody or Lucha Brothers versus Young Bucks.
0: I actually, now that you're mentioning it, that Moxley versus Darby match might be, if I was going to rank, do rank choice for my number four, that might be my number one the more I'm thinking about it. Uh, But I'm going to argue for Pac versus Omega for a second from Full Gear just because that was Pac's first match in the promotion it definitely set him up as the kind of player that he is. Introduced a new edge that people that were following him in Dragon Gate were not used to, and it kind of set people up to temper their expectations on what code, what Kenny Omega would be going forward in the promotion. As my parents' dog just starts barking off into the background, "What's up, Foster?" Uh, so,
2: yeah, I kind of
0: like their dynamite match better. Having seen both them yeah.
2: in person in the same building, I like the dynamite match more than the all-out match. Yeah.
0: But uh, I, I'm gonna push forward Derby versus Moxley at Dynamite again. I think that's my going to be my wild card pick if we are. That's where my brain is going.
1: All right, let me jump in here. I like a lot of the matches you all have pointed out, but you cannot tell the story of the first year of AEW without Chris Jericho versus Cody from Full Gear. It was a huge part of the early Dynamite. It's a great match. It's got moments that you will remember: Cody busting his fucking head open and bleeding all over the place, and the MJF turn. I, I love great you, build, great build. Yeah, yeah, the build. I think we're going to talk about that later. I just that's where I've got to go for my my fourth pick. I can get behind that, Mike. Can we get you on board? We're horse trading here.
0: Yep. Uh you know what? What sold me on that when you brought up one of my favorite phrases, which is telling the story of.
1: Oh yeah, I think I stole that from your Twitter today.
0: Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, I think that's me <laughs> lamenting about the impending uh, retirement of the speed star, Masato Yoshino, who hashtag have a catch Yoshino. Let's get me to go have a catch with Masato Yoshino. Let's go, Twitter. Let's do this.
1: Absolutely. All right. Next up, women's match of the year. Same thing. I'm going to start with uh, with Mike this time. Mike, what's your nomination for women's match of the year?
0: I'm just going to clear the board right here by picking the obvious one and making everyone else from here. We're going to have to think a little harder. I think that the, uh, I think that the obvious number one pick here is from double or nothing, which is the six woman tag match between Hikaru Shida, Riho and Rio Mizunami versus Asha Kong, Yuka Sakazaki and Ami Sakura. It kind of set the tone for what the women's kind of an aspirational tone of what the women's division should be in AEW. And I feel like that for a lot of people, this match was not topped in 2019. So I feel like that just we should just acknowledge this match and then move on and talk about what should be the other three matches to go up against it. Like, let's just clear the board here. Okay. Uh,
1: did that match happen? I thought, it got, I thought it got pulled from the show. I thought it got
0: canceled. <laughs> oh, 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 I see what you're doing. Uh, I, I mean, there, there, there's, there's, there's there's certain discussion in Irish wrestling Twitter about a certain match not happening but apparently it did. So everyone consider who you follow and listen to about AEW rumors and who has been making up just complete (laughs) whack bullshit the entire time. I don't know who that might be. Nate,
2: your nomination. So that was, I believe, my top women's match on Wrestling Omikase, as previously mentioned. Uh, So I think I will select my next most favorite, which I think is the next women's match in the promotion. The Triple Threat, I believe, from Fighter Fest of Riho versus Yuka Sakazaki versus Nyla Rose. Uh, the thing in particular I remember about this match is uh, Nyla doing her awesome knee drop off the top rope and all the video game pros in the first row just fucking losing their mind and standing up and absolutely going wild for this match. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to pick that as the second nominee.
1: And it all comes down to me. The guy who said that the AW Women's Division is just as good as the NXT Women's division. Unfortunately, what AEW did with their excellent women's division is not have a lot of great matches this year. Those were yeah, the two best matches so far for sure. Now I've got to come up with a third one here. So you could go Riho Nyla Rose. That's the the very first TV women's match. It gives you a the title match there. Uh, Nate's just added Riho versus Sheeta. I was the only person who did not like that match. I think I thought it was fine. I'm I'm worried that recency bias is making me kind of lean toward Chris Dayland versus Ikaru here. I think I'm going to go chalk. I'm just going to go Reho versus Nyla Rose from the October 2nd ver- episode of Dynamite, the very first episode. Okay.
0: That's interesting. That's, I think that that's a legitimate choice. I feel like that if we are going to talk about a possible three or four match kind of story that they're telling, it obviously started at Double or nothing and ended with Nyla Rose versus Riho in DC at the first episode of Dynamite. So I think that's a solid choice for number three, but this is a hard one, I think, for what's going to be our consensus pick. The one that I'm going to throw out there, and I know you said recency bias. I think Chris Stat versus Icaro Shida might have been the best women's match they've had in the last two months. And I think it did a great job of setting up Statlander as this rising young star. Of course, we'll see her versus Riho in Jacksonville. But we'll all but I think it also like in a way, kind of like show gave a roadblock to Karshida, which is gonna be really interesting to see because she's not been on TV since then and'll be interested to see like after a month break how she's going to kind of strike back from there. So that's the first one I want to put out for discussion as our consensus pick. Uh, what do you guys think about for our consensus pick?
2: Yeah, I would get behind that one. Uh, I think probably want to have a Sheeta singles match among our contenders here. Uh, that was a match that I was at, and my uh, opinion of it may be colored by the fact that I was sitting with a, a Hikaru Shida fangirl who was going wild for her the whole time, and it was very entertaining. Um, so, yeah, I could definitely get behind that one. Um, yeah, as you noted, the other one that jumped to mind was Reho versus Shida from All Out. I think that was maybe her other standout match.
1: See, I was if I was thinking Shida singles the Shanna match from October 30, that's the West Virginia match. Which is like everybody thought, oh, this is gonna die a death, and the crowd really got into it and loved it. So it has kind of a, a warm spot in my memory.
2: That was definitely memorable. That was they put on. I don't know what it was—a 14-minute women's match on like the second spot with two unknown women in West Virginia, and the crowd super got into it. Um, yeah, I could I could get behind that one as
1: well. All right, I could go with either Sheeta versus Stat or Sheeta versus Shanna. Mike, you you break the tie here for our consensus pick.
0: I think it's Sheeta versus that. That's right. my that that was the one I put out there and I stick with my nomination there.
1: All right. Moving on to men's wrestler of the year. I'm going to go first. We'll just go around and in, in a circle here. I'm going to go easy here. It's Cody. He's the ace of the promotion. He's had all the best matches in the promotion. Every one of his matches, at least like the big pay-per-view matches or the I was going to say big matches on Dynamite, but he hasn't really had those have been wonderful there's just, I know the other obvious choice is Jericho, but I think that's for other reasons. Cody Ring has just has been untouchable in this promotion.
2: Yeah, I'll I'll do mine. Number two uh, is Jericho. He was my number one pick on Omakase. Uh, he's the biggest star on the promotion. He delivers in every single segment that he's in. He his segments on TV draw the biggest interest and add the most viewers. Uh, he has delivered in the ring uh, beyond maybe expectations like the Cody match, the Derby match, uh, the, the page and Omega matches were pretty good. The tags with uh, Guevara have been pretty pretty entertaining and he just has legitimized a whole bunch of guys in this promotion right off the bat. Um, and you just, you know, have to love him. Chris Jericho.
0: All right. So y'all took what I feel like were the obvious front runners off the board for me. So I could go with my heart and my virtue and we, we know that would be pack. We can go with the person that they should be developing, and whoever has been on the show, he's been a very strong positive force in John Moxley. We could talk about the person that's kind of been forgotten when you talk about the promotion, and a, at least in a certain bubbles of the internet have gotten very, very tiresome talking about, and that's Kenny Omega. Or we could talk about the person that would be my top contender for overall wrestler of the year in PAC. But... When I think about Pac, I think about him in Dragon Gate. Not really here. I'm gonna go for the absolute boy. I'm gonna go for the guy that won't stop until he's underground. I think that Darby Allen has been someone that they've shown that it has a resiliency to inactivity, which is I think is a big thing that I think a promotion like this has had issues with. Is they take people off TV, and we've seen it with people like Private Party, and the crowd doesn't care about them as much. But whenever Darby shows up, the crowd goes insane. He's had at least two of the best TV matches that they've had. He had a fun brawl, a plunder brawl in Chicago, and I think that he's been he's going to play an, an interesting role in this story long line going further with uh, MJF and Cody and Butcher and the Blades. So I feel like that I'd be remiss if we did not have if we did not involve the absolute boy. Darby Allen and just kind of clear the board of our obvious picks. I think we have three kind of obvious like B contenders. You could also talk about Hangman Page here for our consensus pick, but I don't have a leading person here, so I'm going to open the floor up to you
2: It's got to be John Moxley. Easy pick for me is the consensus. The delivers in big matches, comes off as a huge star, entertaining promos. Uh, you know, they put him out in squash matches on TV and the crowd goes wild. He, you know, makes entrances on TV and the crowd goes wild. Uh, you know, a little loathe to put a third X WWE guy on here. I feel like it's uh, a little unfair to maybe Kenny Omega and the appeal that he brings to the promotion. But just in terms of how much they've been featured and how much they've been highlighted in this promotion. Uh, I think it's gotta be Moxley.
1: I can get on board with that. I could have also gotten on board with pack, but I don't want to get Mike too riled up. So
0: uh, I'm going to, I'll go with Moxley. That's good. You see, that's a strategic way because you knew if I was the tie break, I would go for pack. Right. Right. Which I understand that. Uh, I <laughs> do think that Moxley's a lot other person deserving consideration though. So I think that's a consensus consensus. So there we go. All
1: right. Women's wrestler of the year. Nate, it's your turn to go first. Who you got?
2: All right. Women's wrestler of the year. Mm, Well, let's see. I I guess I'm just going to, I'm going to again, stay true to the format and pick the top woman in the promotion, the champion, uh, the most heavily pushed and probably the one that's, uh, you know, attracted the most fan support to this point that of course being a Reho.
0: Yeah, that's an obvious number one. I feel like, I think we got to get the board clear there. And this is where it comes difficult, right, AB? Like, there is a clear number one, I feel like, in this category. And then you can talk about people who've been featured but aren't necessarily stars in the, the way we're seeing it, like Britt Baker and Emmy Sakura. We have Chris Statlander, who's listed twice in the category. Uh, we got Nyla Rose, who was a big figure, and then now they found out a way to kind of write her off for a little bit. And then Hikaru Shida. I feel like... I feel like that I'd be remiss that even, and I've kind of played devil devil's advocate with her because she's been such a kind of a person of relevance on the show. And if we're going to tell the story of AEW, you have to include Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. So I feel like that we have to have her as a nominee here. All don't feel right. necessarily. What, a,
2: what a pick from
0: Mike. I love it. Wow. I, I'm big about telling the story here. I mean, you no, can't I'm, I'm, this story. I mean, I
2: appreciate that you're bringing a, uh, a, a, A clear methodology to your
1: picks. Same.
0: Uh,
1: Well, I'm going to go Nyla Rose. She was so important to the early part of this promotion. All the preseason stuff, Nyla Rose was a huge part of. And then obviously in the first title match, and then she got kind of forgotten for a little bit, but brought back to do some story stuff. And she also, no matter what, uh, a, a small number of idiots said she was great every time she was in the ring. All her matches were uh, were very good, enjoyable. So, yeah, it's Nyla Rose for me.
2: All right, I'll throw out a name for the consensus one. Uh, basically the same rationale as I brought to the women's match discussion. We got to get some Hikaru Shida in there. I think she's the, you know, Friho's the 1A in terms of new acts that have gotten uh, established and gotten over here, especially with unknown audiences. I think Hikaru Shida has got to be the 1B.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll make an argument for Chris Statlander, even though she's had literally three matches in the promotion. It's just because she's come on like a lion. She is dominating so far. She is something different that they didn't have, and her matches have been really good so far. I'm not sure she's been here long enough to really include her in a wrestler of the year category. But I think Sheeta. I think you're right, She is the answer, but the only other person I would probably consider here is Statlander.
0: I feel like that I could throw a tall curve and have this talk about Emi Sakura right here about the fact of that the one of the larger TV storylines that happened, even though it wasn't really promoted very well, was the student versus teacher Emi Sakura and Riho match at full gear, but that would be, intelli- that would be intellectually dishonest of me. I think it has to be Hikaru Shida for the consensus pick.
2: All, All right.
1: right. Love it. Okay. Moving right along, tag team of the year and it's Mike's turn. So, yeah, trying baby. Think, trying to think uh who I think Mike is going to nominate first here. All right. Uh, there's not a
0: Dragon Gate team. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sadly, like as much as I would love to put Strong Hearts on here, they've uh, only yeah. had 3 matches in the promotion, so I couldn't in any sort of mind do that. You'd know?
2: see uh, Linda man was, was tweeting about some upcoming dates though, so maybe he's coming back in the new year.
0: Yeah, uh, there's a lot of OWE stuff that's kind of closing up this week, and there's a good chance that they are going to be based in the West to start off 2020, from what we- I've seen. So that's not necessarily news for 2020. That could be something really exciting though. Um I think the Tag Team of the Year is proud and powerful, and here's why. I think that ever since they've been involved, they have been the focal point of the division. They came in as huge stars at All Out when they came in wearing the dead presence masks, pulling a point break at the end of the Escalera de la Muerte match. And then ever since then, they've just been absolute stars. They were very well protected as a tag team, and they showed their versatility in being able to do sprint matches be able to do traditional kind of Southern style, Crockett style tag team matches and then doing fucking brawls. I mean, that's kind of become the big trademark was like leading with that, ending with that guerrilla warfare match to end the year in Dallas. So I feel like that the Proud and Powerful, I think that not only are they the tag team of 2019, I think they'll be the tag team of 2020 in AEW. So next time we do the Bucky Awards, I feel like that they will be the. Yeah, we're be, that
2: we're be, on the name for
1: sure.
0: I mean, if Aaron's going to try to make thicker like a Snicker into a thing, I'm going to try to make the Buckies into a thing.
1: No, nope. Vito. It's actually a thing. My thing's a thing already.
0: No, it's not a thing. <laughs> it's absolutely
1: nothing. It's uh, terrible. They,
2: they said it on, what did I say they say it on? Hollywood Handbook? I heard oh, it somewhere yeah. on a podcast. Yeah. So you no. you I'll be a big fan. I, I, I made
0: I, a thing. I, I'm not hey, listening
1: to this podcast.
0: Hey, I th- I think that if you're going to count anything that has the guy from Joe Schmo Show on it as justification as something becoming a thing, I think it instantly does not become a thing.
1: Yeah, it turns out it's a thing. Uh, <laughs> mate, Tag Team of the Year, buddy. What you got? Young Bucks. Yeah, that's an obvious one. I, I mean, I, we can't leave out SCU. They won the very first Tag Team tournament. They've been a, a big focal point, so it's... Uh, they haven't always, or more recently, they haven't delivered as much. But they were pretty good early on. So I'm going to go SCU.
2: All right, I think the uh, honest pick for the last spot is Lucha Brothers. Any uh, dissenters? Any other nominees? I would put one no up. I
0: I I think that we should consider Private Party, just because
2: one, and one match.
0: Uh, They had the uh, three-way match at full gear that they were part of. Like they weren't necessarily huge stars, but I mean, if we're talking about who should also be in consideration it's them, but it's Lucha Brothers.
1: All right. Lucha Brothers are the win. Show of the year. You can't come on this show several times and call double or nothing, the best American pay-per-view of all time, and then vote for something else. So I'm going with that. It had Cody Dustin, the match of the year. It had the three-way that was our first pick in the women's match of the year. It had a lot of really good stuff underneath. And then it still had uh, some pretty good stuff on top that wasn't maybe, you know, like Bucks, Lucha Bros, maybe it wasn't my favorite thing, but it was still very good. So everything on here was, was good at a minimum, and a lot of it was really great. So it's double or nothing for me.
0: I think that... All right, I think it there was a episode of dynamite from Boston that was an incredibly fun show i'm going to lead, read off the show and i think it's the best episode of tv they've had and i think it's probably better than anything they've had since preseason it just was a good solid program it had on it the but young bucks versus private party match which was superlative it had a Emi Sakura B Priestley versus uh, Rio and Britt Baker, which probably was Britt Baker's best match in this promotion so far. Like calling a spade a spade, like that one was great. And then had this incredible tag match of Dustin Rhodes and Hangman Page versus uh, Chris Jericho and Sami Guevara. And I feel like that that match deserves consideration. So my show of the year is the Ten Nine Boston Show of Dynamite.
2: All right, I've got two in mind here, and I don't know. Which one is going to be more popular in the consensus and which one is a little less popular for consensus? So I don't, I guess I'm going to go with the one further down in our short list just because it was thought of second. So I'm going to go with Fighter Fest from June. Uh, Had the headlining match of Moxley versus Janela in the unsanctioned match. Had a fun triple threat, or I'm sorry, the fun six man uh, tag match with the Elite versus Lucha Brothers and Laredo Kid. I uh, had the Cody and Darby time limit draw, which was a nice introduction to Darby. And then of course it had that uh, Riho, Nyla Rose and Yuka Sakazaki women's match earlier on the card. Um, also the, uh, you know, infinitely memorable Jabali match on the pre-show. Can't forget about that. So I'm going to go with fighter fest.
1: All right. That's reasonable. I think for the consensus pick, I got to throw all out in there. I mean, it had the Lucha Rose Young Bucks match we talked about. It had Cody Sean Spears, which maybe I was the high guy on, but it had the Arn Anderson run-in that made me lose my fucking mind in the Sears Center.
0: <laughs> if it wasn't for this run-in, would you be thinking about this match whatsoever? Yeah, I really like this match, to be honest. like, Okay.
2: I think I called it very Ohio Valley wrestling is what I said.
1: Yeah. See, the thing with Cody matches is if you are invested... I don't,
2: I don't consider it a Cody match.
1: It's a Cody match. If you're invested in Cody, it's
2: a 10 guy match
1: and you want to see him win. Then he builds the matches to that. Like he builds them to where you can like watch it like a sport and be like, fuck, this guy's going to lose. Even if he's doing like weird things that otherwise you might not like, I can really find easily find a way to enjoy them in Cody matches.
0: he, He has real Danny Davis arena hours matches. So I get why you'd like that as OVW was based in Louisville, Kentucky. So I get that. I get that. So,
2: you know, you're you're valid for liking that match, Aaron. But Thank the you. other unpicked show here is Full Gear, which has a much better Cody match on it. It's got Cody vs. Chris Jericho on Full Gear. Uh, it's got the uh, super awesome straight-ahead tag match with Santana Ortiz versus the Young Bucks as your opener. And then Adam Page and Pac have their best match in the promotion against each other right after it. Um, since you're a big Sean Spears fan, he's third on the card. So I got to throw that in there. Um, and then, you know, you get uh, Riho and Nimi Sakura have a match that a lot of people liked. And then, of course, you get that that great Jericho match with Cody and the lights out match that a lot of people really loved with Kenny and Moxley. So I got to go with full gear is my, my pick for the consensus pick. Certainly, I think better than All Out. And I went to All Out. We well, all if, did, I'm,
1: if I'm doing a yeah, we were all there. If I'm doing a tiebreaker between <laughs> All Out and Full Gear, the Full Gear main event was better than the All Out main event. Yeah. So I, I, I could go with Full Gear.
0: Uh, I think All Out, Like I think we've talked a lot about the positives about these two, but All Out had the dead arena of Dark Order versus Best Friends that the arena was completely dead until we had Orange Cassie's debut there. And then Full Gear... I'm looking at it. You had Britt Baker versus B Priestley during the buy-in. The crowd sprayed out dead there. Sean Spears versus Joey Janela. I
2: thought, that, I thought the crowd was pretty all right for that Britt Baker versus B Priestley match, and that was a they, match, also. Yeah, I, I, uh, I distinctly remember uh, thinking, "Oh wow, you know, the crowd's pretty hot for Britt Baker here as she's walking down the ramp." was that, my uh, takeaway moment from that match.
0: And then Sean Spears versus Joey Janela. Like that was an absolute waste of time on that card.
2: Yeah. Not a big fan of that feud in general.
0: Yeah. So I think if we're going to talk about the positive, we'll talk about the negatives. I don't want to do in person bias, but I feel like it's all out, but at the same time, full gear, the main event of full gear, even though I'm not a huge uh, fan of that match was much better than the world title match. I want to say. So I'm 50, 50 guys. Oh,
1: the main event of Full Gear was Chris Jericho versus Cody, just for the record.
0: Okay, okay, so, so you're doing that bullshit. Okay. All right. Uh Still better than still the main still better than the main event of all out, either no, way. No, 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 full no, Gear no. had
2: two main events that were better than the main event of okay.
0: all out. Okay. I, I agree. think I think you're talking me into Full Gear. Full, gear. full gear. Yeah. All right. Guys, all we're right. great at this. We're great at collaborating and coming to a consensus. Like this has been a great time so far. I just wanted to get that out there. We're <laughs>
2: having, <Guys>, <laughs> having a great time. I just love you so much. And I just <laughs> fired up to, to collaborate on some content. It, here.
0: It, it, it really sounds like that. I am like a, a, we work bullshit guy who just took a whole bunch of Molly and it's just kicking in. Doesn't it? <laughs>
1: no, yeah, Mike, I've never thought <laughs> that about you as we did this show. <laughs> when the Molly kicks in, that's never occurred to me <laughs> with iron Mike Spears. Maybe next episode. Yeah, his solo, his solo
2: light show is going to be just Mike tripping balls.
1: <laughs> Mike's refusing to engage with us on this for whatever <laughs> reason. I thought we were collaborating, Mike. I thought we were having a good time, Mike.
0: <laughs> it's because I'm laughing and I feel like I make bad audio if you hear me laughing the entire time.
1: See, I sometimes unmute just so the fans can hear me laugh. I feel like people
2: love that. laughter.
1: Yeah, laughter's good for everybody. Okay, feud slash storyline of the year. And, Nate, it's your turn to go first, so lead us off. Okay,
2: best built feud in this company to this point started on the earliest episodes of Road 2. Uh, Colma culminated in a big main event pay-per-view match. Cody versus Chris Jericho.
0: That's, you know, that's solid. It was their first true title feud that was built to anything.
1: It, it also had the very best... Cody segments Palmer. on dynamite.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean two of the best because you also had the forming of the inner circle as well. Like that was also yeah, segments. A great, yeah, Great idea. segments. Great segments. Uh I'm going to go with the I'm going to go with the thing that they built up with had a very kind of frustrating route through it. But I feel like I'd be dishonest if we did not have this as a nominee. So I'm completely chucking my my personal nomination to the ground here and picking something that was not my favorite feud, but I feel like it should be noted. And I don't feel like it'd be noted if we did not do it this way. And that is Kenny Omega versus John Moxley. Because, wow, did not expect that. Because at least when it got there, it felt finite. It felt like it should be the capper match there. We can't say that there was not a definitive winner and loser in that feud and has given the winner some elevation and the loser some something to kind of try to call back from. So I feel like that that deserves to be nominated here.
2: Can't argue with it. Good rationale.
1: Man there. I don't know. There's lots of stuff I like left over, but nothing left that really blew me away as far as build. So it's uh, it's tough for me, but I think I, I think I'm gonna go with uh, Cody and Dustin. The build was sometimes confusing in that it, it felt like each guy was building a different match at times. but the fact that they brought it together in such a compelling and uh, satisfying way in the match means that the build was good. So Cody Dustin.
0: Yeah, and I think that when they got to the final point, when they got to the match there, it was an excellent example of storytelling. I feel like that we had two different perspectives, which makes sense that the two people have two different ways of looking at the match, and I think that's a very valuable way of looking at it. So the few that I feel like that really encapsulated a lot this year was Young Bucks versus Santana Ortiz, and I'm going to throw that out there as our first first one to talk about as the consensus pick because this was something that started it all out happened, came to a conclusion really in Dallas. And it took us through some beats that it was something that was always kind of happening on TV. And they always were raising the stakes. We had the huge backstage fight. We had the traditional Southern style tag at full gear. And then we finally had the outright war that ended it at, at the dynamite Dallas show. So I feel like that that should be something that we consider for, Arkansas's pick, and I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about it before.
2: That's uh, that's my pick. You got the Rock and Roll Express in there. You have Santana and Ortiz being Ortiz Ortiz being consistently entertaining, uh, whether it be in the ring, on promos, in Twitter videos, on BTE, whatever the case is. Uh, they just showed up big time in every segment they did, building this feud. So yeah, I'm totally behind that
1: one. All right, I'm not going to argue if we already got two votes for it. Let's go. You. Sold me, Nate, by reminding me that the Rock and Roll Express was involved. There you go. Best on interviews. Mike, it's your turn, buddy. Who was the best on interviews this year?
0: Oh, it's Cody, hands down. Cody, huh? Yeah. I mean, come on. He did the best pre-tapes. He did the best in-ring promos. He did the best, like, row two promos. He showed both comedy and he showed both Humanity. I feel like that he kind of is like the most well-fleshed out person in all elite wrestling and it's because of his promos. So it's gotta be Cody guys. Come on.
1: Well, yeah, he's had like two matches on TV. So
0: Nate,
2: uh, very hard to pick one for this category. I think, um, cause th- this was one of these categories where we started going down our short list and kept leaving really good promos out. And then kept going. Oh yeah, there's a lot to like in this promotion. You you forget how much good stuff there is, uh, trying to limit yourself to four choices. I think my pick is going to be. uh, So my heart kind of wants to go with Moxley, but I'm going to put that to the side for the moment because a lot of his best promos were not on television or on pay per view. They were on Twitter or on. A road to, or they were on New Japan World. So I'm going to pick MJF for being the guy who most announced himself onto the scene of great promos. Obviously, people that were following him on the indies have known that he's extremely confident with the microphone. Uh, You know, his material is, you know, at least solid and occasionally fantastic. So I'm going to pick MJF as the great
1: heel promo. Well, I wanted to go buck wild here, but nobody's chosen fucking Chris Jericho who revitalized the TV wrestling promo with the inner circle promo and uh, just cannot be forgotten. So easy Chris Jericho for me.
0: All right, now here comes the hard part. Uh, I don't know who we should consider for this fourth pick. I would say that Brandy has had been very mixed. She's been good in her sit-down promos, but that's immediately kind of negated by her character work. That's been very uneven. John Moxley would be the best on promos if he was given a microphone for five minutes each week, but that's not been the case. And Pack, most of his stuff has been left to Twitter. So and that's just unless we're going off the board here. Like, am I off base on any of these three? My no,
2: and uh, my this this is a uh uh, you know, gender neutral award. Uh, but unfortunately, they don't have uh, a lot of women that have been given straight ahead promo time. Um, you know, Britt had some features on Road 2. Uh, Riho and Nyla obviously had big segments on Road 2 that I don't really think made television. Uh, and in Riho's case, you know, it, it's a little difficult to tell because they're a subtitle, but they're just sort of uh, very, you know, generic maxims about proving herself and, you know, wanting to be the best and, you know, overcoming her adversity, which of course is all bread and butter pro wrestling stuff, but nothing, nothing that is otherworldly. So, you know, I mentioned earlier, I think Moxley is my pick for the guy who we know has the talent on the mic, even if he hasn't, you know, exercised it in great regularity on the product.
1: Yeah, I just can't think of a great John Moxley promo in this promotion.
2: The one in his weight room that he taped in his weight room on Janela was, mm-hmm. I think, maybe my favorite one.
1: Yeah.
0: There was the one after the match was made between him and Omega becoming non-sanctioned when like, he got into the ring afterwards and was like, Turner, this is all on your hands, which is kind of by the books, but it's probably like his best on air, like straight down the barrel promo. So You
2: want to throw would- Janella out there? Janella's had a couple. He has uh, again, all not on not on television, but uh, a lot of good backstage B roll stuff.
0: Maybe Tolly. No, can't no. see it. It's tough. The, this one might be the hardest one for consensus because I would really like to nominate Brandy, but I can't get get beyond the fact of like how uneven her promos have been, like. Mm. She she did some really great stuff, like talking about like Cody, and then talking about like this the lead up to her alley match, which immediately became uneven because she brought out awesome Kong, and that was weird. Like oh, this is tough. Like I feel like almost we have to say John Moxley just for the sake of we'll go around in circles and say we don't know, but I hate John Moxley as a consensus point when he hasn't had the space there, but we know he has it.
2: I like him as a consistent pick. Consistent
0: oh. pick.
1: I'll go along
0: with everybody, but
1: of the people left, Brandy's promo in the Cody Road mm-hmm. Two and the build to Cody Dustin is the best promo of anybody left. Yeah. Well,
2: not a bad point. Yeah. Let's, play, let's do Brandy. You wanna do Brandy? Yeah,
0: let's, Brandy. let's do it. I mean I was leading Brandy until I started to contradict myself. So Brandy <laughs> yeah. should
2: stick it, stick to that road two stuff and stay away from the uh you know just haircutting just...
0: monologues about whatever the fuck. Just stay away from Dark yeah. Doctor Luther. He doesn't seem like a trustworthy guy.
1: All right, best on Twitter, and somehow it's uh, my turn. Uh, I'm gonna pass. Nate, uh, best on Twitter,
2: <laughs> Hangman Page.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very okay. hard to uh, right.
2: describe how someone is particularly good on Twitter. It's a lot of feel. It's a lot of uh, picking your spots. You know, not taking it too seriously, but. You know, making a making a little a pointed joke on some point or another uh, hangman page, very consistent on Twitter.
0: Can I tell you all what PAC did on Twitter this year? And I think it was a really funny thing and why I'm going to nominate PAC. He posted a photo of him right after like working out where he looks absolutely shredded. Like he hasn't seen a carb in the last 10 years and everyone thought he was on steroids. And then he posted another photo of him saying that he was completely drug free. And he looked even more shredded in the photo. And he had like a 18 minute 18 inch waist. Like he's not on Twitter a lot, but I feel like the big thing about Twitter is, you're either on it too much, and you dilute yourself, or you pick your shots. They're like a big-time puncher, and you do it that way. I also look at the other people in this category, and if we nominate any one of them, it's going to overly weight this category, and it's going to ruin the category, and they'll run away with the award. So I'm going back.
2: Okay. But you can't okay. use the rationale. What, some of these people are are too good at Twitter to be nominated for the Good at Twitter award. That's what you just did.
0: No, I'm saying that they have inflected the, they have influenced the internet hive mind so much that they think they're so good at Twitter that they. Okay,
2: we're talking about Chuck Taylor, and he's very good at Twitter. He has to be the consensus.
0: Is he? I mean, he deletes his tweets. I feel like that. That's yeah, because he's way. good at
2: Twitter. No, it's a smart way.
0: Oh, hold on, coward. I haven't made my
1: pick yet. Hold on, hold on. I've okay. got a pick now. I passed, but now I've got a pick. Easy pick, actually. Easily the best person at AW on Twitter. It's Sunny Kiss, folks.
0: Oh, oh that's a good one. That is a very good one. Well, biscuit
2: tweets. <laughs> oh. biscuit
0: tweets. Yes. Sunny oh, is so yeah. good at Twitter. Fuck yeah. Sunny Kiss is great at Twitter. Yeah.
1: Sunny Kiss's timeline. He rules.
0: Yeah. Like, seriously, like, that's the dark horse best person on Twitter. That's an excellent pull there. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I,
1: okay. I, I can see going with Chuck as the consensus pick, though, of course.
2: He's got to be. <sighs> he's he's got, he's the only one that, like like, genuinely makes me laugh.
0: I mean, Joey Janela, we could try to do this as a way about him banning us.
2: Yeah, Joey Janela would be in contention, but he's banned uh, banned from contention due to having blocked us on Twitter.
1: Yes, we'll be happy to have you back in consideration next year, Joey, should you unblock us. Okay, Breakout Star. I'll go first since I just didn't go first on the last one. It's hard to decide which of my brands to go with here. Because, you know, real evolve potheads would think I'm going to go Darby. Real EE e. potheads would think I'm would think I'm going to go Reho. I got to go Darby. I got to go with Darby. <laughs> he is a longtime favorite. Uh, as Darby rightfully pointed out, uh, nobody watched Evolve, so they didn't know that he existed. He's got the fucking uh, mesh shirts showing his nipples because he's a star. So you got to love that. He's got the best entrance music. Well, uh, I know Wiccaface listens, but it's hard to compare Judas and Darby's theme. So I don't know. He's got one of the two best entrance songs in the promotion. Uh, it's Darby Allen, folks. He's going to be a big star in this promotion.
2: Okay, I'll pick Riho. Um, you know, top women in the promotion was wrestling and got to move in front of 20 people or whatever. Um, you know, and that translated to this giant cable television stage, um, you know, immediately attracted ride or die stands. So you just got to give it up for, uh, for drawing ability like that. Riho.
0: Yeah, that's actually, yeah. Okay. I'm going Chris Statlander just because we, we've only seen what I feel like Chris Statlander can be. I feel like that. She's come on, and even though she was like a televised jobber for like two weeks, she's become like one, such a force and a central person of the show. I feel like that there's some things that they need to kind of work out with her, but I feel like that she definitely is a breakout star. And I feel like that we were going to talk about 2020, but we decided not to. But if we were going to talk about 2020 more thoroughly, we're going to have to talk about Chris Stat. So definitely her. So there we go.
1: Nate, buddy, you got to make your choice now. I just picked Reha already. Oh, yeah. Fuck. We got to come up with
0: a consensus pick. <laughs> uh, it's taken this long for the for this to go completely to shit.
2: <laughs> OK, I mean, uh, you know, I don't know if Santana or Ortiz qualify. They've been yeah. on national television before, yeah. but it was TNA. So nobody was watching it also. Um,
0: it was mostly on like that weird, like not outdoor network, too.
2: That's I, one private party, a Mike favorite, obviously. We just it's had a cute right? Yeah, I don't like
0: him that much, though. Uh, How about we're oh, like forgetting about one. another one? Okay, the, well, the motherfucking butcher, the motherfucking blade, and the motherfucking bunny.
2: I was gonna say Wardlow, we're forgetting about Wardlow. He hasn't wrestled <sighs> yet, but his impact has been, you know, gigantic. I, I'm saving Wardlow a, lot of, a lot of cards left on left. the table here. Okay, that's that's fair. I, I think I would argue either Private Party or Santana Ortiz over Luchasaurus just because I enjoy them more.
0: Yeah, I think I'm going Santana Ortiz because... They, I think
2: Jungle Boy... I'm sorry. I didn't mean to... Out. I think National Jungle Boy is the standout. Yeah, mm-hmm. but TNA it barely counts. I think what, Jungle Boy is
1: the standout of the Jurassic Express act
2: in my opinion.
0: Right. Yeah, but yeah.
1: Luchasaurus has gotten the biggest pops. Come on. You know it's true.
0: Luchasaurus right. can also barely walk now.
1: I don't know. I don't feel strongly about this.
0: Uh... Okay, so Private Party versus uh, Santana Ortiz versus someone from Jurassic Express.
1: I guess we
2: could put Jurassic Express together as a unit. They are a tag team.
0: Yeah, we could. And
2: call them the Breakout Act. I would feel better Jungle if they be Jungle Boy's going to win Boy. this
0: next year. Yeah.
2: That's why we should be ahead of the curve and say, yeah, we knew he was going to be the Breakout Star fucking year one.
0: Okay, <laughs> then let's be super smart. And let's go, Jungle Boy. Let's be. Uh, let's well, say I say put them together
2: with Luchasaurus and just say Jurassic Express is the breakout act.
0: I feel like that's half-assing it. Right. We said we could be above the no, curve. Just
1: being savvy about it.
0: Okay, fair enough. We
1: were going to put. They're a tag team. The other people we're talking about are Private Party and Santana Ortiz, who are also tag teams. It's fine. Yep. Okay.
2: Good consensus.
0: Okay. We are making things right, work tonight.
1: We are. We got one last award. Uh, This is a name that was just come up with. The intangible of the year. Basically, just any random shit that you really liked. Whose turn is it now to come up with one? All right, Mike. Tell us your number
0: one pick. Motherfucking Wardlow Day. Because we were were so excited about Wardlow. He did a random weightlifting promo at All Out. (laughs) Didn't have jack shit about him for several months. Then he comes out, chokes Cody out with a with his tie, and it was motherfucking Wardlow Day. And now we know every Wednesday is motherfucking Wardlow Day. So, Wardlow Day.
2: <laughs> I put Wardlow. I think I coined Wardlow Day just because I asked if it was Wardlow Day in the poll on the day when Wardlow did, in fact, debut. I do wonder if Wardlow Day is, is cutting a little close to Rusev Day. It's better. It's certainly better, but we don't want to, you know, make it sound like Wardlow is an imitation of, of Rusev.
1: I, I like that you first claimed credit for creating it and then questioned whether it was any good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, it was, you know, it wasn't an intentional thing. I just, that was the way the the poll announced itself to me. <laughs> um, but great pick. I think Wardlow is also not, not married to the, the name for this category. We just couldn't think of, you know, random wild card off the board thing that we want to, Put in a poll here. So, any better names for this?
0: Hit us. Yeah. up Yeah, this was something we were thinking up at 7:58 Eastern Standard Time as we were getting things together. So, don't expect greatness here. Give us a better name.
1: Nate, are you just agreeing and picking Wardlow, or are you going to make a separate? <laughs> that
0: would be funny if we all just picked Wardlow. <laughs> all right, What's I'm going to pick a separate pick. What's stopping us?
2: My selection is going to be. Um, mm. It's going to be. Excalibur in general Mm. job that Excalibur has done on commentary Excalibur excitedly naming moves and Tony Schiavone being shell-shocked and flabbergasted by the, you know, Mexican and Japanese names of these moves Excalibur calling JR a okay. Boomer sooner Uh, Excalibur
1: yelling tope suicida
2: all the time Excalibur shouting out Lulu pencil. It's gotta be Excalibur.
1: This is very hard for me. You listed Darby's mesh shirt as a possibility, which, as everyone knows, I'm very fond of. I I should have just said more about it during the Dar- my when I said Darby was the breakout star, because I was just thinking about Darby skateboarding to the ring in his in the build with Chris Jericho. That was very good. But I want to go way off the board here. My favorite like random thing that happened in AEW this year. Well, I guess now there's a theme to some of my selections: the Sonny Kiss and Dustin tag team. On AEW Dark. Yes. Which Nate perfectly, wonderfully coined Kiss and Makeup. Uh, it was just, it was so much fun. The Maga Chud and Sunny Kiss hanging together was truly delightful. And basically all our problems could be solved in this country if Sunny Kiss and, and Dustin were tag team champions. That's all I'm saying.
2: I also want to shout out Dustin. Uh, I noticed that he liked a Nyla Rose thirst trap the other day and I was like, hell yeah. So I just want to shout out Dustin Rhodes in general for that.
0: Nice job. All right. Uh, A tangible, I'm going off the board here. Uh, Chuck Taylor really wanting to say the word shit on TV because you're able to, I think that's a fun thing. I mean, it's fun to cuss. I love saying a cuss. Any Uh, other thing is
2: fun for the, I mean, we can name almost anything for our consensus pick. Any, any other just random, Things we uh, want to pull out.
0: I think, uh, damn, we, the, the whole world's our oyster, and I'm drawing a blank right here.
1: I I don't know that this really fits, and we've already talked about it a little, but the crowd in West Virginia, I'm still like still like really warm about. So
0: yeah, they fucking ruled. They ruled.
1: What else is just like a really random thing that was a lot of fun.
0: Uh, how excited uh Yuka Sakazaki was at how large her slice of pizza was in Vegas. Did y'all yeah, see that? That's
2: right, I was, she's got on Twitter also. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. they got to get her back. Uh, there's apparently some. Yeah. Uh,
2: but, here's uh, uh just Aubrey Edwards in general.
0: Yeah, Aubrey. Aubrey. she's been good. Yeah, Aubrey's great. I think I'd be okay if Aubrey. I feel like that the intangible of the year. I don't know. You know, also
2: also a guy who doesn't uh, get featured very much in strictly wrestling situations, but is hugely over, freshly squeezed, Orange Cassidy.
0: Yeah, but I feel like that's also. Yeah.
2: There's a lot to like in this promotion.
0: There's a lot to like. Uh, uh The dad core high flyer QT Marshall. Nothing amused me more and got us attention that's than the dad core high flyer QT Marshall. Damn. This has been a fun year.
2: Yeah, this is again like yeah. a lot of stuff that we've enjoyed.
1: We should have spent more time on this shit. Probably, well, on this yeah,
2: <laughs> we came up with it and then forgot to really get into it. I, I kind yeah. of um, personally, I think just to get a full diversity of uh, you know uh, roles in this one, I think picking a referee is interesting. So maybe Aubrey Edwards. Also, she's like, like I said, after you know attending the shows, like. One of the top five most overacts on every one of these shows and gets a chance every time she's out there.
1: I've already chosen a MAGA chud, but also Jake Hager never wrestling. <laughs> like, as a bit. J- J- Jake and, Hager's uh, only back
0: word back. he said being sorry. <laughs> yeah. Very good. That's good Very good. Too. I, I, can uh, go go with, with I can go with Aubrey. Yeah, I'm happy yep. with Aubrey. Let's go, Aubrey. All
1: right. Oh god! I forgot about fucking Virgil being in this
0: promotion. <laughs> <laughs> Virgil just showing they up. Gave Virgil, Virgil. A live mic. <laughs> Virgil. Oh, Chris Jerko's oh. video. Chris Jerko's video. Just in general. Oh yes, that was so good. Man, Sh- should we have like promo of the year before we go? Or are we? De- oh, we're running long. We're running long. So.
2: Well. Hard I, to come up I with. I dare anyone. They're like all Cody yeah, ones. I dare
1: anyone mm. listen to this episode and say that we are too down on, on this promotion. <laughs> <laughs> Although I guess people usually say we like it too much. So more fodder for the haters. Yeah, it, it would be. I mean, the, the best two promos were the, the well, the two Cody ones and the Jericho Inner Circle prom,
0: promo.
1: IMO. Okay, that's our awards. Go on patreon.com slash everything elite and we will get those up soon and you can vote on them. Like I said, sub after the first of the year, you'll appreciate it and you'll get all the content we've ever made. So very fun. And just because Nate and I are leaving doesn't mean we haven't a already recorded some things B that there won't be other fun guests showing up on the Patreon for the first two weeks of January. So a few more things. Before we get out, Mike, you have something to add on that?
0: Yeah, I was going to say one of the things that we have recorded in the can is probably with the exception of, of audio that I've recorded with y'all, my favorite thing that I've ever done, that's going to be coming out. It'll be the first week of January. So there's one more thing and then the, it's going to be your dome preview, but the first week of, of January, we're coming out with a legitimate banger. So get strapped in for that.
2: Hard sell by oh, Mike hard. Spears. Hello.
1: Love the hard sell. All right. January 1st in Jacksonville, Florida. Mike will, of course, preview this in depth on AEW Light this coming week on Molly. So everybody look forward to that. But here's <laughs> what here's what's going to happen. Uh, MJF's going to reveal his stipulations for agreeing to a match with Cody. Jericho is going to try to get Mox to join the inner circle. He's got a surprise for him. We get Riho versus Chris Statlander for the AEW Women's World Championship. Cody versus Darby in a rematch from their time limit draw. And Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks will take on Pac and the Lucha Brothers. So, a pretty stacked show for Jacksonville. Anything either of you are particularly looking forward to? Uh,
2: I think it's nice that they are bringing back that Pac and Lucha Brothers six man tag since they got, uh, you know, changed last time. So, you know, uh, nice to eventually deliver on that match now that they're able to work with Pac Pac.
0: So I've been in Florida for a lot of the last two months, but the weather has been really kind of awesome. So I'm excited to see them like do the show outdoors at Dally's Place, which is this ample theater that they're there for Fight for the Fallen. And it's like 60 degrees out there. There's a chance of rain because it's Florida. And there's always a chance of rain. So I'm kind of stoked to see how this is going to look like on live TV and the overall impression of that uh, matches that you mentioned. I mean, how can't you be excited about Cody versus the absolute boy Darby Allen? I mean, that's going to rule. Yeah, obviously
1: I'm looking forward to Reho versus Chris Statlander. I will not see that until I return to the country, but I uh, am excited about it. Nonetheless, so some other notes, AEW Revolution, the next pay-per-view. I want to say it's February 29th in Chicago. At the Win trust Arena. I'm also I'm coming up with this off my head, but I think it's that, right.
2: That's correct. That's where I saw it twice.
1: Oh, that's right. That's right. Well, it's sold out, folks. So I've been told on Twitter I'm supposed to take a victory lap, but I don't think I said this was going to sell out.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't get tickets. Get this is the that. first time I have not been able to get tickets.
1: Yeah, I did not uh, attempt to get tickets, but, you know, I'm excited that it's sold out, you know. A lot of people trying to put dirt on on the grave of AEW very early, very early. And they sell, I don't know, 6,000 or so tickets for this show. So good for them.
0: I mean, they're still way above the average. They said they needed to be to break even. They've yet to get under their ratings promise. So they've not had to do any ratings refunds for ads like maybe it just seems like that ratings haven't been on a great trajectory and they haven't been, but there's enough positive signifiers for the future. So like if it's too early, so what's up?
1: All right. AEW also announced that their March 25 episode of Dynamite is going to be at the Prudential Center in Newark, New Jersey. Uh, the, The news here is just that that's a building WWE runs and it's the first time that anyone has Uh, Let them also book. I don't know if they were trying to book other buildings that WWE runs, but they booked this one.
2: Yeah, I think, uh, and Cody also tweeted about, you know, shout out to the arena for not engaging in politics and BS or whatever. Uh, The implication being WWE does try to get wrestling exclusivity on all the buildings that they run. So this is the first time that a arena has either not given them that, or maybe their deal with WWE Expired in terms of future dates. Um, But yeah, a little noteworthy in that way.
0: Yeah. uh, The tri-state area is usually is full of fucking arenas. So they weren't going to be able to have a hold on everything. So this makes sense. This is like the, this is where the nets and the devils used to play a long time ago. So I think that's pretty rad. I know a lot of people are saying, why aren't they going to New York? Why are they going to New York? Look until they built the whole, uh, before they built the Barclays Center, everyone was complaining about that for WWE not constantly running MSG and then running Nassau Coliseum. They always would run to the Prudential Center. So this is happening. So I mean, if you're going to act that way before, here you go again.
2: Also on the uh, the point of K-pop concerts and Kiss and makeup, this is where Blackpink and Dua Lipa performed together. Wow, last year, yeah, or this year? It's How about a, that
1: in historic arena. Mark it down. There should be a banner (laughs) banner, plaque, either one. All right. Cody announced on Twitter that the win-loss records are going to be resetting in January. They fleshed that out a little more today. So the annual records will carry over, but they're going to reset. So basically you'll have a lifetime rating, but a lifetime win-loss record, but then you'll get a new one, I suppose, each year going forward.
2: They should release all the data. They should release Mookie's. Spreadsheet with Elo scores on it. (laughs) Elo,
0: uh, let's get like match times. Let's get the success rates. Like, let's get it all out there. Um, Yeah, this is what they did. What they announced. I think this is probably a fair thing to do. I think it'll make things very interesting for folks like Shima and Jungle Boy who had very low records. So I think that's pretty cool. Also, this for for people that they've done a lot of work at making their records look a lot better, like Britt Baker and Chris Satlander. It'll be interesting to see them now essentially be at zero and zero. So that's cool. I think this is important stuff to have out there in the open. They've said this before. Now, please give us some like justification for some of your rankings, please.
1: Uh, Actually don't because it gives Mike and I something to just run our mouths about on the Patreon. So it's, I appreciate it actually.
0: that's fair, the spear system is absolute.
1: (laughs) All right. Chris Jericho is taking on Hiroshi Tanahashi at Wrestle Kingdom. Nate and I, and Aaron, He, Talb, will be in the building for that. Tanahashi said recently if he wins, he's going to ask Jericho for an AEW world title shot. I expect that Nate and I will discuss this more on our Wrestle Kingdom preview, but I thought it was at least worth mentioning here. Okay, great. Nobody has any thoughts about that. (laughs) Uh, A note from the Observer that I think is important just because we talk about ratings every week. When you add the DVR ratings to the live audience, AW is drawing about 1.3 to 1.4 million each week, which is basically what they did their first week of TV. Do we think that they haven't really lost or gained much? It's pretty much the same folks who tuned in week one, but people have realized that you don't have to watch it live.
2: Yes, and I I don't know if I've totally vocalized this theory previously, but I also expect that, some of the variation in NXT winning sometimes is just people that watch both the pro wrestling shows decide which one to watch live and which one to DVR on a week to week basis. Um, you know, and by uh, theory that's tied to that is that AEW viewers are pro wrestling fans and NXT resembles pro wrestling, whereas you know hardcore NXT fans are just McMahon fans. They won't, uh, you know, uh, dare to step outside of their McMahon bubble. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, but that makes sense to. To some degree, I mean, we don't know, I guess, the if there were a lot of DVR viewers for that premiere episode. Maybe with DVR viewers, they were even higher. So maybe we lost some viewers in that regard. But it was also the first show, so more likely than not, if you were a pro wrestling fan and interested in it, you really wanted to see that first show live.
0: Yeah, I think what all Nate says is pretty salient here. I feel like that this kind of relates into something that you see in radio ratings where you rank people by their priority on who is the who they're listening to as their first priority, their second priority, and so forth? And I think we discover that wrestling, by and large, is not a priority one uh, field. I mean, we've we've seen that with the whole entire wrestling rating landscape. Unless it feels like something that needs to be watched live, as in a live sport, we're not seeing it. And I think that's something that's going to adversely affect the entire wrestling landscape the next time that rates fees come tr- through. And as we see more uh, splintering towards the cable slash over the top networks. So that's something to think of. I mean, the big thing here, I feel like is now that we see this data, the advertisers, which is the primary income, uh, the primary income source is going to have to find a way to convert these people that they don't get the, the high payments for because the DVR over to live viewing. Cause that's where the money is. So I think that that's the big thing to take from this. I mean, There'll be some people that would spend this as a total loss. I think that this is interesting, but not what I would call discouraging.
1: Yeah, I think one of my big takes when we were talking early on on this show, by the way, this is episode 52, so it's not quite a year, but a full year's worth of content, at least. Um, when we were first discussing like where they were going to go, what the ratings would look like, it's just, you know, wrestling is not... It's not... Um, What's the word I'm trying to find here? It's not similar really to live sports. It's not comparable to live sports, even though that's the way it's sold or the way it's being sold right now, as Mike was saying on, you know, except for like Nate, nobody else really feels the compulsion to always watch wrestling live. So it's not surprising to me that, that this happens to be true, especially I think what Nate's saying is right, that people kind of choose back and forth, which one they're going to watch, but AEW has to either figure out a way to make their wrestling live viewing that you have to see it live or convert more of those people into ticket buying fans at the gate, which we haven't seen the gates really rise since they've been on TV.
2: Yeah, I will say if AEW wants to convert DVR viewers to live viewers, they should uh, point them toward our podcast. I'll make the case why you should only watch wrestling live and that'll translate into bigger, bigger dollars in TK's pockets.
0: And then give us some money too, Right. Because. subscribe
2: to the $8 tier on Patreon, Tony.
1: Yes. Yes, please. Speaking of the $8 tier on Patreon, I want to shout out some of our $8 patrons. We appreciate your patronage very much. So I wanted to give you a shout out. We're going to do, I had everybody listed here. The the guys have suggested that I should do first names only. So am going to do that. If you happen to be one of these people and you say, you know, I really want a full name shout out, hit me up. I'll give you a full name shout out on this show, but thank you to Anthony, Christian, Daniel, Danny, Darren, a lot of similar names, Jamie, Jennifer, Kyle, Street Fight Radio. I'll say all of that one. And Wayne, big fans of uh, all those folks who are some of our $8 patrons. I'm probably going to do some shout outs to other patrons in the future, just as a little extra thing to express our gratitude for the uh, folks who have been subscribing to our content. We appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun creating new content, additional content. And uh, thank you all for, you know, helping us get that done. So I think that's it for this week. You guys have anything else you want to talk about?
0: No. <laughs> no, I will not be on Molly when I when we do these future shows. Sorry. Lying.
1: It's
2: to lie.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Molly, Mike Spears,
0: 2020 brand. No, I I still need to figure that out, but I think I'm going to Mountain Man Hunk versus Molly, Adventurer, I guess, Psychonaut.
2: You can't do Molly on a mountain. Just be Mountain Man Molly Mike. Please don't, Mike. That scares me.
0: Molly, Mountain Man with a machete, Mike Spears.
1: There you go. Okay. All right. Now, (laughs) these plugs are going to be really important, Okay. Add everything AEW. But remember these. Add Aaron like the car. Add Epictetus. Add Fujiheya. If you're not following Nate and me on Twitter, you're going to not hear from us for two weeks. So keep that in mind. You're going to want to also follow uh, AP Taub and get his dispatches from Japan. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast because the show will still be coming out the next two weeks. Don't forget that. Give us a rating and review. Hopefully there will be a stockpile of ratings and reviews For Nate to read for us when we get back. And as always, don't forget about patreon.com slash everything elite. So I will see you all in about three weeks, Nate as well. So until then, for Mike, for Nate, I'm Aaron. We'll see you then.